0: The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful, beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now, let's dive in with today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Okay, hello, welcome along. This is episode one to zero one hundred and twenty of the influence podcast i am very very excited uh, with this episode today and um quite a different uh, topic really or certainly different expertise to many that we've had on the podcast before but it's certainly an area that has been a great interest to me and it's been a part of my my life personally for the past four years and so i've been looking forward to this interview and i'm very very excited about our guest today So our guest is Giovanni Denstman. Uh, He's a meditation teacher, author and self-disciplined coach. And as a self-disciplined coach, Giovanni has helped hedge fund managers, CEOs, entrepreneurs, ambitious professionals, artists, pro athletes to live a more focused and disciplined life. Since 2014, he's been successfully coaching people to overcome distractions, procrastination, self-doubt, fear, and other forms of self-sabotage. And I think we all have certain forms of those going on in our lives. Um, As a meditation teacher, Giovanni runs liveanddare.com, liveanddare.com, which is one of the top five most visited meditation blogs on the web. Yes, I will say that again. It's one of the top five most visited meditation blogs on the web. If you're into meditation or if you meditated previously, you may have even already checked out this site. So you can see why I'm excited about this interview today. Uh, His his first book, Practical Meditation, is available in eight different languages and has been popularly called the Meditation Bible. Giovanni has over 10,000 hours of personal meditation practice and is a sought-after consultant to award-winning meditation apps. And I would saying there as well that i've um, seen giovanni speak a a few times on the uh the insight timer app uh, which is one of the biggest uh, apps i believe for meditation as well so again we'll talk a little bit about that Um, his meditation programs have helped over twenty thousand people start a daily meditation practice improve their psychological well-being and master their minds what an introduction but i am very very excited about this giovanni welcome to the show Thank you very much, Jake. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm delighted to have you with us as well. And um, I guess maybe just the easiest place to start, if I may, because I've been I've been wondering for a while and, and so many different areas that I'd like to explore. Um, tell me a little bit, firstly, what is mindful self-discipline and why are you so passionate about it?
1: Sure. So self-discipline is an essential skill for you to achieve your goals in any area of life. It doesn't matter if it's in your career, in um, physical health, in mental health, in relationships, in finances, in spirituality, even wherever you have a goal, there's going to be a journey. It's a journey of transformation from where you are now to where you want to be. And in that journey, you're going to have to make some effort. You're going to have to make some effort over a span of time until you achieve that result. And you're going to meet many obstacles along the way it could be an environment that is not conducive it could be things not working out it could be other people holding you back um, but most likely is going to be internal obstacles that you get distracted with things that are not as important or you procrastinate on certain things or there's fear of failure maybe there is self-doubt uh, maybe you are getting lost in your own r- world of excuses etc so whatever you want to achieve in any area of life you will need self-discipline to get you there to remain on track with that goal in regardless of external and internal obstacles so i've i've realized many years ago that self-discipline is it's not just another topic of personal development it's the core of it you know i've, I've read over 300 books on personal development meditation psychology mindset spirituality etc and for me to have come to this understanding it was, uh, it was very precious for me because all of these authors, all of these books, all of these programs, they give you something to do. But if you don't have the discipline to do it, to come back to it, to remain with it, even when it's difficult, then you're just not going to get the results. Yeah. So I realized, you know, self-discipline is really important, but many people are not paying attention to it. Some people even have a negative feeling about self-discipline. And it's because of the misconceptions they have about it. They They hear self-discipline and they feel that it's it's a form of prison it's a form of you know, self-denial or repression and the message of mindful self discipline is that self-discipline is not self-punishment it is self-respect it is you keeping your promises to yourself it is you prioritizing the things that are most important for you and then self-discipline is there to empower you to live a better life and achieve your goals and not to limit you wow that's what a
0: super comprehensive answer um there's so much in there that i i'm keen to unpick um you you come back to the idea of it being um or not being i should say this idea of self self punishment why do you feel it is so challenging what what are some of the main obstacles that people have to being able to develop that self-discipline what are it it, does it you say does it feel like a chore for people that conception that it feels like a perception i should say that it feels like a chore but what do you think is the main reason that people maybe don't follow through on this it's the the idea it it makes me think of you talk about all the books that you've read um people come in and then there are in each book there are specific actions i'm looking over at my book my bookshelf now and you know the number of personal development and personal growth and you're absolutely right every single one of them's got specific actions um so is it just a case of people aren't doing the work? What what do, what do you think it really comes down to?
1: It's interesting. For many years, people have asked me like how I, I was teaching meditation and that's what I was focusing on. But people are really asking me like, how are you so disciplined? Like, teach me how to be disciplined. And I felt like if you want something, you're going to be disciplined about it. I had this kind of naive idea. I know I've developed self-discipline because it helps me. So if you want something, you will be disciplined and, and you will do it. And secretly, I was thinking, like, maybe they're just lazy. Maybe they just don't want that thing. Uh, You know, their want is not strong enough. They don't want it bad enough. But then as I was going deeper in this topic and working with people, I realized that the subject is actually much more complex than that. Because our brain is not um, the, the number one priority. The number one project for the brain is survival. And to survive, we need to save energy. So the brain has this inclination towards seeking pleasure and avoiding pain in the present moment. So it has this inclination towards instant gratification, because that is pleasure with very little effort. And we live in a world of distractions. You know, that's the subtitle of the book for a reason. It's one of the biggest obstacles of self-discipline these days is that we live in a world of distractions. Everyone around you is trying to break your self-discipline. All of these businesses, all of these apps, they're trying to break your self-discipline. They are trying to get your attention, even if for a little bit. And you know these people are extremely talented, extremely intelligent, motivated, and well-funded. And they're becoming better and better at distracting you. Which means that in the next few years and decades, people are going to have less self-discipline focus and willpower than ever. In other words, for those who focus on developing these skills, if you develop these skills even a little bit, you'll be ahead of the pack. And that's the opportunity here. You mentioned
0: attention. I, I've, I fully, I'm, I'm smiling uh, when you say that because I, I delivered a training just over the weekend and we're talking about the, the core things that that allow people to stand out on social media and on Instagram and attention right now being, I think, the, one of the major current currencies, if that's the right phrase. Um, in that everybody, as you say, everybody's vying for the attention. It's how do we grab the attention of, of um, our ideal clients, our ideal audience uh, for somebody. I mean, of course this, the, the show is influence um, and a, a big part of what we teach is Instagram here as well. So I, I, I don't know whether to go there now or maybe later, but let's just go there now. Um, how, how do you, Well, I'm gonna let let me let me ask you first because I'm I'm fascinated about how what this looks like, say, in your life and in your in your home and such. But how do you balance social media, the 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 outside world, particularly in the past two years since since lockdown? How have you balanced that? And are there certain disciplines or um, routines or habits or um, that you impose and that you implement to allow you to have that, um, if you like? freedom of your attention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it, it is very tough, even for me, if I don't establish certain rules and principles that I want to follow, if I just leave myself to my own devices, pun intended, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time on email and, and, and perhaps social media and other things. So in order to prevent that from happening, I have to create really strict rules. Um, so that's how I roll. I have a certain time of the day that I check emails. I used to check email all the time. I used to have my email inbox open all the time, and now I check email twice a day. Yeah. You know, in the beginning it felt scary. It felt like what if something important happens? And I felt you know what? I I don't want to run a business that I need to be on email all the time. And you know, a business is like you're develop you are designing your own universe. So you get to choose what type of business it will be. Um, so yeah, I find that having really strict rules around um digital especially helps me a lot and also the people that i work with one of the big things that i suggest for them is to develop a strong morning routine and there are two big obstacles to a morning routine first is snoozing and second is your phone yeah and so i say for for all of them we practice what i call the offline morning so you go to bed you put your phone in airplane mode and you just go back online after you finish your morning routine the following day and this this one thing, this one little change, so to speak, is what makes the whole difference to how they start their day. I love it. I, I, I'm, so I'd like to
0: go in, dig in there a little bit further, if I may. Um, sure. I, I, again, I, I'm smiling because I think back to the weekend and training that I, I delivered over a weekend. And uh, I was sharing, related to Instagram, but I was sharing a little bit about habits that I was looking to start at the beginning of 2021 and I, I wanted to meditate more. I've, I've done transcendental meditation for about four years or so, but I wanted to meditate more consistently because it wasn't consistent. I wanted to journal. I wanted to um, uh, exercise a little bit in the morning, and, so I, and I had kind of four or five things that I really wanted to do, um, and I realized that for me to be able to do all those things, I needed to do two things, actually. It wasn't that I was trying to check, check off five or six different things that would make me happier or whatever. Um, but if I did two things really, really well, then I could actually achieve all those things and a lot more. And, it, and you've, li- you've literally hit the nail on the head, which is if I got up one hour earlier, then I'd have enough time. And if I didn't have my phone on me until say mid morning, um, I'm actually, I'm not gonna stand up because I'm wired in here, but I've, I've actually bought another phone, which has, it's like an old flip phone that has no social media, no apps. It's not It's not a smartphone it's just for between the hours of 10 and 8am, uh, purely for emergencies. Um, but I, that in itself just totally, totally made sense. So everything you just described, it's, it's exactly what I was, I said, trying to do. I'm going to be honest, I've slipped back into old habits. So for people that are listening thinking, okay, this makes sense. How do they, what's the, what's the routine when somebody slips into those bad habits again? How do you I guess you have to have the awareness first of all, but how do people then step out of that? And how do you support
1: people with that? Sure. So, you know, self-discipline is composed of two different skills or elements. And this is awareness and willpower. And most of the work that you see on self-discipline out there on YouTube and in other videos, they they fully focus on willpower. You know, it's that kind of macho mental toughness, military approach to self-discipline. It's just kind of make yourself do it. And that works for some people and it works sometimes, but the reason why I I call what I do mindful self-discipline is just as you say, it's awareness, Mm. right? It's awareness first. If you develop awareness, then willpower feels much easier. Instead of willpower being like pushing a boulder uphill, it's more like rolling a boulder downhill. And awareness means first, you are aware of your aspirations. You are aware of the person you want to become, your dreams, uh, your values the the life you want to be living you are extremely aware of that as a result of doing the exercises etc and when that is in your mind every day then that is influencing the decisions you're making you're much more likely to make a decision that advances your goals if you're thinking about your goals if you forget about your goals because you're distracted with other shiny objects it's very unlikely that you'll make a decision that will advance those goals So awareness is extremely important, awareness of your goals and aspirations, but also awareness that comes from the practice of meditation, that when you go astray, you notice like, ah, no, just like in the meditation practice, let's say you're focusing on your breath. And then you're told that whenever you get distracted, you notice that as soon as possible and you bring your attention back to the breath. This here is an exercise of awareness and willpower that happens a hundred times every time you meditate. And the way we implement that in our daily life is the same thing. You have an intention. Let's say that is to, you know, to not procrastinate today to go and have that difficult conversation or to start my day without snoozing and, and check and, you know, hit this items in my to-do list. And if you are practicing awareness, you notice when you are straying away from that path, from that intention. And the sooner you notice, then you can reaffirm what you want. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's the process. You become aware, and then you come back on track multiple times. Perfect. So, coming coming back to that that
0: morning routine that you mentioned before, and having a, a almost a tech free morning, do you have a specific? I, I fully anticipate that you do have a specific morning routine. But is there a, when you work with clients, is there one that you specifically outline for them? Do you help them build? their own that's suitable for them are there some essentials that you feel need to be in there what, what does that look like
1: sure it's a, a bit of all of that there there are two things that i think are essential for morning routine one of them is meditation even if it's just even if it's just 10 minutes and the other thing is day planning uh having a look at your to-dos for that day having a look at your calendar and making sure that you are prioritizing the right things that you are designing your day in a way that there's not too much stress and that you can focus on the things that matter. And there's a whole process about the day plan. But these two things, meditation and day planning, I'd say are essential. Um, and I recommend that to every person I work with. Other than that, the other elements would be whatever is relevant to their aspirations. If someone is working on building a side business while they still have a job, maybe they want to spend 40 minutes or an hour every morning working in that business. If another person is focused on improving their career skills and... Um, exercising so that they're more fit. Maybe they'll do half an hour of a career related reading and half an hour of exercise. So the rest of it depends on their aspirations, but the general idea is always that you start with a, you have a fixed start and you start without snoozing. You leave your phone several feet away from the bed so that when the alarm rings, you are out, you have to get out of the bed to turn it off. And then you don't go back to bed. You don't (laughs) go, you don't go online. You just start your day. I have one client that he goes as far as putting, he puts his alarm in the bathroom. So he has to get to the bathroom to turn it off. And then that's it. Then he's like, he's yeah. awake. He's already on. Um, yeah. Right. So, so that's how I, I teach the the morning
0: routine. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. It, it's how much of that. So I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I, as I say, I find this fascinating because it's, it, if I'm again totally open, it's something that I've I know, I know it really helps me personally, and I think that there'll be a lot of people listening who know how valuable it is, but they still don't quite get it right. Um, if there was one or two things that you could, how how much? For example, even I guess even the night before getting to bed at the right time and such, prep the night before allows the the right morning. But if there was maybe one or two things that are specifically holding people back here. Mm. How, how would they maybe identify what they are or, or what changes could they make that are, that are really gonna help them
1: solidify this morning routine? Sure. Um, there are many potential challenges that are holding them back. Um, you, and you hinted to a few of them. It could be that they are not sleeping uh, at the right time, that they're going to sleep very late and then they, they just can't wake up on time. So in a way, the most important thing about a morning routine is the time you go to bed. If you can go to bed on time, then it's easy to wake up on time uh, or easier. So that, that could be one thing. Uh, it could be that people have this idea that, ah, I'm not a morning person. So I will do all these things later on after work. But the reality of things is that, you know, after a full day of work, you are not as fresh. You are, yeah. Your mind is already busy with other things. It's not really the ideal time um, to do deep, undistracted work. Um, it could be that that person is not clear on how do I want to spend my morning routine, like what is really important for me. Uh, for some people also, it could be a lack of accountability. You know, Some, there are different personality types. Some people really need some form of accountability and it could be working with a coach. It could be being part of a group. It could be having another person that you are checking in with every day and you're saying like, hey, I'm waking up now, 6 am going to start my morning routine you know, just sending a message like this and the other person says what they're doing as well. Um, All of this can can help. So it it really depends on what is the challenge that person is facing. But I like to start from the very beginning. And the very beginning, again, is awareness and knowing what are your aspirations. Knowing that there are two possible future versions of yourself. In one future version of yourself, you have developed self-discipline and you have worked in a way that is really focused and you persevered on the things that matter for you. And your life looks a certain way. You have achieved your goals in different areas of your life to a great degree. And the other possible future version is where you don't develop self-discipline and you're living a more reactive way. You're you're repeating your past conditioning rather than responding creatively. Yeah. Um, so you're living a life that is conditioned, it's the conditioned life, not the design life. Yeah. And an exercise that I go through with people, if, even in a discovery call is just having clarity that these two future versions of yourself, they look very, very different. And when you when you see that, when you, when you feel that in your bones that you know what, this version here is amazing, that that's what I want for myself, I'll be really happy. And this version here sucks, like I would be, I would feel that I have wasted my potential, there's a sense of regret if I don't achieve these things. Then when you have this polarity, then now you have motivation. And then it's just knowing that every time you follow your morning routine, it's a plus one. You're giving a step towards the person you want to become. And every time you snooze, that's a minus one. You're taking a step away from the person you want to become. Having that strong awareness helps people stay on track.
0: Yeah. I love that. The, the idea of a, almost like a points system um... It makes me almost—it kind of makes me think of, of gamifying the whole process in a way where, as you say, you're almost um, voting in a way for the type of person that you want to be in the future. I want to be this type of person versus, you know, I want to be that type of person. And these little steps each day, as you say, are taking—if you like—taking votes towards that, that person that you want to be in the future. Um, you, you mentioned before about the, the idea of conditioned life, and it, you, I think you will know the, the, the statistics. Perhaps a lot better than I I'm sure you do a lot better than I do. But I I think I, I it's a podcast, or if I was reading a book recently, where it, it um I think the the sentence that stood out was the idea that we we think 90% plus of the same thoughts, maybe even more, than we have done than we did yesterday and the same day. So we're almost recycling the same program, the same thoughts that we had. And it just seems absolutely crazy that we are in one way such intelligent beings but then another another way that we're we're running programs as you say um so how much is how much of that of of what you teach and when you work with with clients is about the reprogramming I, i anticipate a lot of it but how much is about the reprogramming versus um well let me let's leave the question there how much about it actually focuses on the reprogramming
1: yeah And I have definitely read that uh, that same thing. Um, They say that we have fifty to eighty thousand thoughts per day, and I have no idea how they counted that. Like (laughs) someone kept kept a (laughs) count. Don't ask me. I have (laughs) no idea. But uh, yeah, in the same thing, they were saying that about ninety percent of those thoughts are repetitive of the the previous day. And research shows that for most people, many of those thoughts are negative. Mm -hmm. So imagine that, uh, you know, every day you're having thirty thousand negative thoughts. It's yeah. really hard to be happy like this. It's really hard yeah. to, to stay focused and to achieve your goals like this. Um, for me, self-discipline is all about living life by design. So it is all about designing your life and designing yourself, designing the person you want to be. Yeah. And you, you already have your natural center of gravity, you know the things that you gravitate towards. And certain things pull our attention a lot. So you know, you, we gravitate towards these controversial topics and these type of news and these type of videos. And everyone is trying to make us gravitate towards their thing. But if we have clarity about who we want to become and the difference we want to make in the world, um, then we have our own center of gravity. And then we, we begin to shape our life around that. You know, this is the person I want to be. And so I aim to make decisions every day that will take me a step closer to this little by little. Mm. And in a way, the, the goal of self-discipline is to end each day on a positive balance that at the end of the day you have taken more steps forward than you have te- taken steps away yeah and if you do this day after day then you feel satisfied with the way you're spending your time uh, depending on how grandiose is your goal you may or may not achieve your goal but you will live with the satisfaction of knowing that you've you've actually tried that you your life had a purpose and you focused on things that matter to you
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: we it, I, th- I think in the last
0: 3 or 4 answers that you've that you've given across different questions it's always come back to this idea of knowing who you want to be and where you want to get to and having clarity on that um how, how you'd like to to live your life what uh, how do you how do you have a specific process um that you work again with clients or that you've gone through yourself to create that identity that future identity or that 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 improved identity or best, best self-identity. How, how, tell us a little bit about that because I'm sure there are people listening thinking, this, I, I love that idea, it makes a lot of sense, but how do I actually practically go through and, and create that version of myself that
1: I want to work towards? What does that look like? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are many exercises that I have gone through and, and developed and they're all part of the book. I, I don't know if we're going to have time to, to go through them now. Um, but the idea is that these, that you create some time in your life to think deeply about the things that you care about, you know, and I have like 17 questions that I use to help people get clarity about this. There's also guided meditation and there's some other methods, but for example, one of these questions is, I know that there's so many of them. I'm just thinking like, if I, if I, if I were to share only one, like what would, uh, what would that be? Um. If you if 10 years from now, you would look back in your uh, at what happened in your life, and you're proud of having achieved one thing, what would that be. And so there are questions like this, that you, you can't just spend a couple of minutes on them and move on to the yeah. next side. Right? you really need to sit and, and journal or think about and if you can have the support of another person to go through this process to hold space for you even better, but you know, there's 17 questions like this, and perhaps one question doesn't work for you. But as you, you go through the different questions, you begin to see a picture of the things that you really care about, the things that that make you happy. You know, they, these are the moments in your past where you felt fully alive, you felt fully engaged in life. These are the things related to the difference you want to make. That, you know, at your deathbed, you feel like, you know what, I did this thing. I, I made a difference. People, when I'm gone, people are going to miss me. Uh, I I had a positive influence in the world. So yeah, there's there's like um a, a very intricate process that you can go through to get clarity about this.
0: Yeah, perfect. So 17 questions and they as you mentioned, they are part of, of the book. Talk to me a little bit about the book. Is this the this is the original
1: book or is this the new book? Um, this is a Mindful Self-Discipline, yeah, my second Mind book. Yeah, okay,
0: perfect. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that then. Who who is that for? Who would benefit from reading this book and uh,
1: taking action on the book as well, implementing the steps? Yeah. Everyone that is, uh, goal oriented. I think that any person that is extremely goal oriented and feels that they are not progressing as much as they should or as quickly as they should, yeah. or that they are not fully focused, that something is holding them back. I think they're going to get a lot of value, um, from the book. I did a lot of research on mindful self-discipline, on self-discipline, and this is something that I've practiced and thought for many, many years. Uh, the intention of this book was to write like the one manual of self-discipline for life, which is why it ended up being very thick. It's like 450 pages book. Yeah. But um, I, I think that there's a chapter there for, for every person, whether you're struggling with distractions or procrastination, excuses, you don't have clarity on what is your vision, um, you, you're not so good at time management what, whatever of these subtopics of self-discipline you're struggling with you will find something there that um, will be extremely practical for you yeah could, could I just uh,
0: I'm keen you, you mentioned procrastination we, we've we, we haven't necessarily touched on that too much but I'd love to dive in a bit further as to why or what your what your feelings are about why that exists or why people do procrastinate Mm-hmm.
1: and so there's a lot written about procrastination out there and I find that a lot of it misses the picture it's like hey if you struggle with procrastination install this Chrome plugin or try these tips and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a very band-aid solution because if yeah. you uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people they say like yeah I installed that plugin and then after a week I uninstall it <laughs> or yeah. I turn it off uh, because it's not getting to the heart of the issue and yeah. the heart of the issue the, the DNA of distraction is this distraction is avoiding pain it could be physical pain it could be emotional pain it could be mental pain now when you are procrastinating on doing a work that is difficult you are trying to avoid the the pain of effort that Mm -hmm. mental pain or when you're procrastinating on having a, a conversation that is going to be challenging for you you are trying to avoid those emotions that you're going to feel in that um it's there's like a thousand different reasons why you could be procrastinating but At the end, it all comes to this. You are trying to avoid pain. And so the first question that I would give someone who is struggling with procrastination is, what pain are you running away from? And reflecting on that and having clarity, that's the the first important step to overcoming procrastination. Mm -hmm. And then if we know that procrastination is avoiding pain, then that means that there are only three ways that we can truly fix procrastination. The first one is, can we make the action not painful or less painful? And this is the baby steps method, right? Maybe you are procrastinating on um, doing your taxes because it's it's just so much painful. You, You like, you don't know how to feel that form and it takes a lot of time and you have to dig. Like, what is the first simple step that you can do that is not so scary that you don't need to procrastinate on? Then you go and do that step and then the next baby step and the next baby step. And like this, you finish that big, scary, or annoying task without needing to procrastinate. Yeah. So that's the first strategy, which is can you make the action less painful? Then you don't need to procrastinate. Now, the other strategy is maybe you cannot make the action less painful. Can you make not taking action even more painful than taking action? So for example, um, if you are procrastinating on finishing your master degree thesis, right? If you take a moment to reflect that if you don't do that, it will be extremely painful for you, that you're not going to get your PhD, that it's going to be embarrassing, that you're wasting your time in your career and that you're not going to be happy with where you end in life. And, and you really kind of dig out the pain, you know, in marketing, they, they have this idea of exploding the web of pain. Right? That's what mm-hmm. people do when they run a sales page that, Help people become aware of how painful it is to not fix that problem. So when we can do that with ourselves, how painful it is for me to not take action. When the perception of the pain of inaction is higher than the perception of the pain of action, then you move forward. So that's the second strategy for dealing with procrastination. And the third strategy is embrace the pain. And there are methods that can help you to embrace that pain mindfully. Uh, you can just go through as a sheer willpower or Mm. you can embrace that pain mindfully and there's a method that i teach in the book but basically these are the three ways if we know that at the root of procrastination is we are avoiding pain so figure out what pain you're avoiding and see if you can make that action not painful that's one method or if you can make not taking action even more painful than taking action that's method number two and method number three is see if you can use mindfulness and meditation to allow you to embrace that pain, to accept it so that you don't need to run away.
0: Mm. Wow. Thank you. Um, So in, in, in theory, then there is, there are ways that as human beings, we could live, I I don't know if pain free is the right expression, but understanding the pain, being awareness, uh, having awareness of that, that pain and then being able to take action either way using one of, or perhaps a combination of those three, three steps, which in some ways makes us extremely powerful. You know, if you think about that, the potential there is extremely powerful Mm -hmm. because then the amount of limiting beliefs that we have, the amount of things that that hold us back actually is
1: reduced to almost zero. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that at the, at the root of, a lot of the challenges that we face uh, in our human journey is our unwillingness to to embrace pain or or to go through pain. Um, Self-discipline is difficult because the action feels painful. And and a lot of the the tricks and techniques around self-discipline is either making it less painful or empowering you so that that pain feels like nothing. It feels like a very small price to pay for the big reward you're gonna get at the end. I like it. Um, just totally
0: different direction, but this was a phrase that I picked up, which I thought I was fascinated. I didn't understand what it was or what it meant. So what is the zero, what is the never
1: zero commitment?
0: What is that, what's never zero commitment? What does
1: that mean? Okay. Yeah. So the idea is that never zero commitment first, it is a commitment and commitment is different from motivation. Motivation is a feeling and feelings come and go. So you cannot rely on motivation, which is something that comes and goes for an action that you want to take every day because some days motivation is not going to be there. And there's very little you can do about it. And so self-discipline means, yes, we do whatever we can to increase the motivation, to be extremely aware of how that goal is important for us. And then we're going to be more motivated. But at the same time, we are relying on commitment. And a commitment is something that... regardless of how i feel i would do this thing every day because this is important for me Mm. even when i don't feel like doing it even when i'm tired even when i'm busy uh even when i'm doubting myself i'm still going to do it and so the never zero commitment is this um this approach to building a habit or to taking action that you choose something that is very small and you commit that for a certain period of time you will follow that intention no matter what So some examples, it could be uh, I will meditate every day for the rest of my life for at least five minutes. It could be for the next 100 days, I will write one hour from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. every morning. It could be uh, until the end of this year, I will not go to bed without sharing appreciation uh, to my partner. It could be I'm going to study 20 minutes of Spanish or practice the guitar for 20 minutes every night after dinner. You know, it could be anything that is related to your aspirations, any habit that you want to create that is important for you. Making a never zero commitments means you get the smallest version of that habit that is still meaningful, and you mm. say, no matter what, I'm going to do this one thing. Yeah, and then no matter what is 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 the trick here that like there are no excuses to skip. Mm. Making a 100% commitment is actually easier than a 99% commitment. Because if you make that 99% commitment, every day you're thinking, you know, is this a good exception? Like, is this yeah. that day that I skip? While if, if you have decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to skip, then you just don't need to think about it anymore. Your energy is freed up to do something creative. Yeah, that's... I, I, again I'm smiling it's, it's
0: it's it's literally like you're talking to me well I know you're talking to me right because we're having a conversation but it's literally like you talk, I'm, I'm listening I'm thinking yeah that, that totally makes sense so I for a long time I was I was off sugar I didn't have processed sugar and, and such and um and but I had a cheat day once a week it, Saturday was a cheat day where I could have whatever I wanted that was fine um, but the rest of the week there was no sugar and then it kind of slipped into uh, well, actually, maybe Sunday because sa- Saturday and Sunday it's a weekend, right? So you know that makes sense. So then, and then if I did it on a Saturday, well, Sunday, weekends, then. exactly. And then it slipping to Monday, and then it was back to it was just back to chaos. And and I realized that. And then I, I went the other way, which was I did thirty days, uh, no sugar at all, and I actually f- almost got to the point where I didn't want to have a cheat day then because you. you because you know you feel really bad. Well, that, it, personally, for me, with sugar and stuff, but you know you feel really bad. So you almost don't want the cheat day. Um, but that, that so the 100% commitment, yeah. I really like. And something else, again, because as I say, I study this a lot. I, I mean, your expertise is just mind blowing compared to, I, I'm literally just scratching the surface, but I find it fascinating. <laughs> is this idea that, as you say, with that, that never zero commitment, that there's going to be days. And you've got to expect that you're not, if you want to work out or play the guitar or, you know, um, show appreciation for your partner or whatever that might be, get up, get up at 6 a.m., there's going to be days where you just don't want to. You know, you can't expect that your mindset is always going to be, I'm really, really looking forward to doing this or trying this or committing to this, because um, almost having the expectancy that, that you, you expect to show up to do that thing and not wanting to do it in a way Um but doing it anyway, you know, that's, it, it just, yeah, I, I, it just, just resonated with me. So that's, that's the idea that, or is that fair to say that even though you expect some days you will want to do it, some days you don't want to do it. It's, it's just, a, it's a never zero commitment. This has to happen.
1: Right. You're not even checking in. Like, do I feel like doing it today? It's yeah. I, I was um, listening to Seth Godin the other day, and I'm sure your your audience is familiar with him. And he said that, you know, 15 years ago, I decided that I would write every morning yeah and so I, I don't need to think about that anymore i've already made the decision 15 years ago mm. and he he writes every morning and uh, and he sends an email to his audience every morning uh and so that's a very powerful never zero commitment you know you you, you decide once and then you don't need to think about it it's already decided mm.
0: that's great yeah that's great i love it um I, I i could keep going for hours but i'm very conscious of time i want to be respectful <laughs> of your time, Giovanni, uh, for anybody that 's not aware you're you 're based in Australia, so this is getting later and later into the evening for you um but what i what I would do if i may i I'd, uh, i I do always go to um uh, the uh, uh the kind of the lightning round in terms of questions and such um but before i do i i 'm really keen to learn a little bit more about the book it's i i, I mean i am i 'm keen to get my hands on a copy so where do where can people that are listening? go to get a copy of this book um is it available i know something you've been working on for a long time is it now available um just tell
1: us tell us how we can access this book sure so um you can get it on amazon you can get it on bars and nobles and all major bookstores and the digital version is also on um so it's on kindle it's on apple books uh google play it's all in the major places and it's mindful self-discipline if you search that you will you will find it Perfect. Mindful self-discipline. Um, and we can
0: find that, as you say, any on any of the major uh, platforms, we will link to it as well in the show notes. Uh, I've got the, the website, mindfulselfdiscipline.com. Uh, we'll link to that. We'll also link to your other website as well, Giovanni live um as yeah. well. Just a, a couple of, um, if you like, quick fire rounds uh, or quick fire questions. It doesn't have to be a quick fire response, um, some of them we've already touched upon, but I am I'm going to go back there again because I can't help myself. I, I I'm always fascinated if there's a particular routine or habit or daily practice that you might do, aside from perhaps meditation, but maybe something that that you do that's a bit unusual that people would think, oh, that's a bit strange. Why why do you do that? Um, <laughs> what what would that what would that be if there is one?
1: Okay. Uh, There are probably many things that I do that people would find strange. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, I practice cold showers. I do cold showers every day. uh, That really helps me wake up. Um, But perhaps what people would find a bit unusual is the fact that I do biphasic sleep. So I sleep in two different uh, times of the day. I sleep five hours in the evening and two hours late in the morning. So that means uh, from 9.30 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. I wake up at 2.30 a.m. every morning. Then okay. I have about eight hours of activity and yeah. I sleep for the two missing hours at 11 a.m. And having, this, having sleep in two phases like this is um, it's very helpful for me because you know I have sleep, eight hours of activity, sleep, and eight hours of activity. Um, wow. that, there's that very big uh, break in the middle of the day. Mm. In the past, I have... Um, thought about trying those other more extreme sleep protocols that are three phasic or triphasic i don't know how to pronounce that and yeah. also even the uberman schedule but i think that um i'm, I'm not sure how healthy those um <laughs> those protocols will be but biphasic sleep works because in your second sleep you're having let's say two hours and you still have the chance to have a full cycle
0: okay wow how I, i've got to ask how did you discover that how did you come across that and was it easy to implement does it does it i mean obviously it does fit in with your 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 routine now and how you how you work and such but how did that even come about
1: yeah well you need a lot of self-discipline to to make this happen because uh, <laughs> obviously of course yeah. uh you, you have to remember to go back to to go to sleep on time not only once per day but twice per day mm. so uh it does take some discipline um in my case you know i was uh, I, i'm a dad and um the only time of the day where The house was completely quiet for me to do meditation, and then later on to write the book was those really early hours in the morning. So I felt like, okay, let me make use of that.
0: Yeah, nice, nice, excellent. Um, I love it. I'm not sure I'll be trying that quite yet, but uh, there may be one or two, (laughs) one or two people listening that want to check that out. Um, Who, for you, close, close or distant? It could be somebody that you know very well. It could be somebody that that you interact with regularly, or it could be somebody that you've never met. Um, might be somebody that's not necessarily even alive now. Um, but who, close or distant, do you feel has been the most influential person on your journey and where you are now?
1: I think um, for me, I would probably say uh, the Buddha. You know, that's, um, he influenced a lot of my journey of personal growth and meditation and spirituality, and that's also part of the work that I do. Yeah. So I would probably say the Buddha. Nice nice thank you um
0: if you could get one message one quote one phrase one sentence one piece of learning or advice out to the world what would it be it's a good one
1: the result of a life lived with self-discipline is fulfillment the result of a life lived without it is regret could you say that again the result of a life lived with self-discipline is fulfillment. The result of a life lived without it is regret.
0: Nice. Perfect. I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, I think that's yeah, spot on. And the the final question, I do ask this to everybody, Giovanni, so I'd love to ask you as well. Um, of course, the, the title of the podcast is
1: Influence. Um, what does the word influence mean to you? To me, influence is... How many people will miss me when I'm gone? Um, am I making a difference? Because I believe that if we have a powerful message, if we have something that is transformational, it could be an idea, it could be a, a, a practice, it could be your service, your product. If you have something that really solves a problem, that really changes people's lives for the better, and then if you talk about it passionately, right, you will, you will be influential. Because there, there will be people who need exactly what you're talking about. And you are giving voice to their ideas, to their needs. So for me, influence is, is not the number of followers I have on, on my social media or on my email accounts, although that could be an expression of it. But it's like, how much value am I giving to the world?
0: Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I like that. How many people will miss me when I'm gone? Um, Giovanni thanks so much I'm I'm genuinely delighted that we've we've uh, caught up again um, and uh, that you've taken the time out for a conversation I'm I mean I'm a little bit selfish and I, I, I will ask at some point if you would come back onto the show uh, just because I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy chatting and I, I think our audience I don't think I know our audience will greatly benefit from this as well um, the, the best place for them to find you online uh, I've, I'll put mindful self uh, com into yes. the show notes, liveandare.com. Is there anywhere else you'd like people to go, or are they the best uh, links for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah, these two would be the best links. Um, also I also have a YouTube channel if they want to follow me there and subscribe. I will be publishing new videos about self discipline over time. Perfect. Okay, excellent. I will pop all those links uh, mindful
0: self discipline.com, liveandare.com and the link to Giovanni's YouTube channel in the show notes. Uh, Giovanni, I just want to say, once again, a huge thanks. Um, It's a massive area of interest for me. Uh, I think it will be for the rest of my life. So I'm extremely grateful to have you on the show. Um, And on behalf of our audience as well, I know that they will greatly benefit from this. Is there anything else that you'd like to say just before we wrap up or any final thoughts,
1: any final words? Um, I just want to encourage every person to find what they really want in life and to live a life that is more proactive and self-discipline will help them do that but at the end of the day it's all about purpose it's all about you know you've got this one life and you can make a good use of it you can pursue the things that really matter for you and stay focused on that that's perhaps my my final message i love it
0: thank you so much and i think we will we will wrap up there so for everybody that's been with us thank you so much for listening Giovanni, thank you again for your time. Greatly appreciated and um, certainly don't take that for granted. Uh, Everybody, we will speak to you very soon. I trust that you've taken a lot of value from this episode. I certainly have. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Look after yourselves, speak soon and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes, or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at Jake Adam If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better.